0: Hey everybody! This is Pat Hollander with another episode of the Pat Hollander podcast. Um, before we get started today, I want to ask if you do really enjoy the show, um, please subscribe and give us some reviews. Uh, I really appreciate the constructive feedback, and you know, people who subscribe—that's kind of how podcasts grow. Um, and so, you know, while I wish I didn't have to care about those those silly numbers and things like that. Um, it, you know, it really does mean a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. Uh, my guest today is super cool. His name is Billy Ward. He is a teacher at Seton Hall Prep in West Orange, New Jersey, where he teaches theology. Um, and he's a very thoughtful, uh, just r- super smart guy. Someone um, who was a huge leader at Seton Hall Prep when I was there, and he still is. He's actually in his 20th year at Seton Hall, which is uh, you know kind of hard to believe. Um, He also runs the Kairos retreats at Seton Hall Prep. Kairos is something we actually talk about a lot in this podcast, so if you're not familiar with it, it's basically a um, four-day retreat that goes on at Seton Hall Prep where students kind of um, share very personal and um, meaningful stories from their lives and things that, you know, they wouldn't really share um, with people In other scenarios, it's kind of a chance for uh, especially adolescent boys to kind of be be vulnerable with one another and develop stronger relationships from uh, this vulnerability. Uh, It was something that really impacted me heavily during my time at Seton Hall Prep and something that I know impacts uh, most of the students who pass through that school um, and something that really just kind of makes up a huge part of the community there. So we talk a lot about that and and Billy runs it there. So also, Billy is a private relationship counselor. He kind of runs his own uh, uh, relationship counseling practice, which is super cool. We talk a little bit about that. He also has his own TED Talk out there. Um, It's called How How to Love and Be Loved. I would definitely look that up it's it's really impactful and it kind of ties into the whole um, kairos message as well he has also recently started his own instagram page it's called billy ward motivation no spaces no underscores just billy ward motivation as you would think it's spelled Um, and on that page he basically he's very consistent about posting and uh i'll tell you what the videos are amazing they're about 60 seconds long and he kind of gives Um, just a 60 second take on some aspect of his life and some aspect of his perspective. And I've really enjoyed following it. So please go and follow that. If you, if you just like good motivational videos early in the day, that'll, that'll kind of help you, you know, get started and, and go through the day with a really positive mindset. Um, so with all that, without further ado, give it up for Billy Ward. I haven't actually seen that, but that's the uh, – is that the, um, the football one, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a Netflix
1: special and uh, similar to what you were saying about Vail. Like, um, it's in East Mississippi. It's a junior college, and it's about guys who had like D1 scholarships and for some reason or another just didn't work out academically. Athletically, they might have gotten an injury. They may have gotten some trouble, so they go to this junior college program that they've been national champs for, like, two, three years in a row. Um, but in the same way that he felt in Colorado. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, watching this, and I said to my wife, I said, come watch this. This is happening right now. Uh, this exists in our country right now. Uh, like, and I don't know, sometimes I think we I take it for granted, or, like, you just get used to, like, hey, I can just walk out of my house and walk 20 feet and get a cough. That's good. That's right, really, really right, good. Right. Or a sandwich. and. You know, it's, uh, there's some things going on in our country that I think we're, yeah. we're not aware of the beauty, but we're also not aware of some other thing that might keep things in, in, in a healthier perspective. I had like yeah. a
0: similar experience because I, I, when I was driving out there, I went through Texas. So I stopped in Dallas, which is really cool. But then I wanted to see the Grand Canyon. But it worked out that if I drove, I was going to drive to Phoenix, sleep there, and then go to the Grand Canyon and then to, to Orange County. But if I did that, it would take two days. So I wanted to do it in one day. So I drove to Winslow, Arizona. There's like a tiny little, you know, town on the highway. And I got there at like 2 a.m. And I remember pulling in and it was basically the hotel I was staying at, a gas station, a pizza hut. So I got the pizza hut and then I showed up to the hotel. And I remember there was probably like 20 homeless people. And they were, they were basically Native American people who would probably once have lived in this area probably on a reservation or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was a Navajo tribe. Because when you're driving on the highway there, there's all these stops where you can go see like cave paintings, Mm -hmm. go on hikes and see some of the areas where they used to live. Mm -hmm. And now it it was, it was really stark kind of driving along this highway and seeing all these cave paintings and all the things that they they once had and all this, kind of the glory of their tribe. And then you stop in Winslow and they're homeless people. And it was just like, it was kind of, kind of hits you hard. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: What a journey for you to go on though, man. No, it was, uh,
0: you know, and, and. uh, People always ask me, like, you know, I feel like I would hate that. A lot of people feel like they would hate it. I mean, you have to, you have to kind of enjoy being by yourself for a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Really no, do. I mean, because I'm so busy with like so little personal time, like I would jump at a, at a, at a hat to, yeah. to go to India yeah. for a month or right. to, to go drive
0: country for a week. <laughs> it was cool. I slept in a. Uh, so I was trying to I was trying to save as much money as I could, so yeah, yeah, I I slept yeah. in a truck at a truck stop in Nebraska. In North Platte, Nebraska, like in my car, my parents weren't too happy, but I was. I was loving it. Are you the oldest in your family? I'm the oldest. Yeah. Okay, your
1: parents. I, I'm just taking mental notes from my sons. Uh, no, yeah. When they're like I want to do this. Yeah. Uh, all right.
0: Honestly, it's it's tough. I I think it's one of those things where my sister was then like, if I was trying to do this, you'd never let me. And so there was all these you know discussions in my family about it. But you're gonna be a junior. I'm gonna be a junior. junior yeah. Person. Yeah. Kind of a good age, yeah. It was uh, it was a good age and and. The truth is, I think people hype up how how dangerous certain things can be when really, even the truck stop, for example, uh, you pull up, and I, I remember getting out, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to, because there's all these 18 wheelers, and I just kind of like, it's funny, I parallel parked my Honda, like, in between a couple of huge trucks, and I got out of my car to, like, you know, go into the store to get some get some dinner into the, the truck stop store, and this one guy came over, and he was a trucker, he's like, oh, you know, you're pretty far from home, and I started chatting to him, and I noticed he had a Notre Dame hat on, and I was like, oh, are you a Notre Dame fan? He's like... He's like, yeah, I've been in Notre Dame for my, my whole life. And I said, oh, well, I go to school there. And he kind of double-takes and was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I'm a student in Notre Dame. He could not believe it. That's awesome. And that's one of those things where, you know, you come back to New Jersey and it's like, oh, I go to Notre Dame. And people think it's cool, but it's not this it, – it's almost like a, a different reaction that I got from this guy. It was mm-hmm. just like awe. And it, you, you sometimes take those things for granted. And I got back in my car and I was like, man. You know, this mm-hmm. guy drives across the country and he was telling me, you know, all I want to do is go to the Notre Dame football game once. Oh, man. So it's just, you know, but that's just, I know I'm kind of ranting. No, no, just, no. It's that's an a example. great story. It's an bro. example. Of, that,
1: like, how would you ever have You had would had never that do that. That's that. right. If you hadn't, you know... Um... Just pulled over in Nebraska at a trucking stop like Nebraska, whole state. Like, you know, you're gonna run into some ruffians, like big roughy men who are probably just teddy bears. That's what they are. And you know, they notice you. They say hello, and all of a sudden, you have a connection to Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, it's super cool. Dude, that's awesome. What a what a phenomenal thing for you to do at your age. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it was really Really, really cool. Yeah, I love it, man.
0: How have you been though? What have you been up to? Good, man. Um, I'm kind of coming into the tail end
1: of the summer. Yeah. So I get a little anxious. Getting the, the back to school emails. Yeah. I got like, uh, I, I get the back to school envelope. Oh yeah. From like administration, like about one more so. I haven't even opened it yet. There you go. Well, That's got, the way to go. And you know, in fact, my wife and I we just booked a trip to Aruba last Ooh. night. So we're leaving Friday. That's awesome. Um, and uh, we're excited, but the summer is, uh, it's a really special time man uh as a teacher i i um i don't work a lot in the summer i work on some projects that (laughs) are more creative yeah um but uh i get to spend a lot of time with my boys i get to spend some time alone i do a lot of hiking in the woods i get to do a lot of stuff that i wouldn't normally have time for um during the year uh, which is really really nice and i honestly i feel like uh I feel like a little kid when, when the summer rolls around every year. Like yeah. that excitement that you may have felt like in the third grade yeah. like that last ballet. Honestly, I feel that every spring at the end of school year. And I love school. Yeah. And I love school prep. But I really love the summer. And I feel like throwing my arms above my head and being like, yes! And I still feel that way. And I'm like, you know, 40 and change now. And I'm yeah. like, I don't think it's ever going to end. I don't, I, I empathize with Guys and gals in the business world or in the workforce that don't have this 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 break to look forward to annually, where you know like this uh, refresh or restart button, and uh, it's just wonderful. Like it seems so so the way life should be. You know, yeah. balance, yeah, work, play, For family sure. time. Um, so I am uh, I'm in it and I'm I'm grateful and I think I take advantage of it. And uh, this summer's been a little bit different. I've been working on. Um, two big projects, one at school, one at Teen Hall Prep in terms of character development, Mm. a program that we're going to um, have a soft start in September. And our hope as a committee is that this this platform and these pillars are going to be pervasive throughout the school. So what I mean by that is um, it's something that's going to connect every single department. So I want the football coach to be talking about it at practice. Yeah. I want the uh, the chairman of the math department to be talking about it in class. I want Joan Nellia to be able to talk about it yeah. in band. I want guidance and college placement to be able to talk about it. So the four pillars are depicted from Elizabeth Ann Seaton. They are family, faith, compassion, and courage. So basically, we're identifying stuff we're already doing, but we're also looking to promote these four pillars our mantra at Seaton Hall Prep has been Hazard Set Forward, which right. is beautiful. Right. Um, but it also kind of is kind of post-reactionary where, hey, mm. something happens and we're like, hey, Hazard Set Forward, so we can move point. forward despite the bumps. But this, these pillars, which are depicted from Elizabeth and really give um, you guys and our alumni and our students a, um, a prism by which to look at life through. So my goal is, I think Seton Hall Prep already is a place of family, faith, compassion, and courage. But when you graduate TML prep, you become within yourself uh, a place where people will experience family, faith, compassion, and courage. And my hope is as, as students grow old in college, if you're dealing with a difficult decision or a relationship, if you can begin to look... Through that prism, family, faith, what kind of person do I want to be? I want to be a man of family, faith, compassion, and courage. Well, that might make that decision a little bit easier. Moving yeah. even further down the line when, when you're going for a job. Maybe you want to align some of these values with your workforce. Yeah. Even further down the road with marriage and partnership. Maybe you want to find a spouse or a partner that, that has similar ideas and philosophies and pillars in terms of their own philosophy of life. And then even beyond that, what kind of children do you want to raise? Well, I might, for my boys, I want my boys to be men of family, faith, compassion, and courage. So it's kind of like a no-brainer. So um, I've been working on that um, at school with a couple parents, a couple students. Um, right now we have uh, banners going up in the side driveway, so you come in and it says, "Welcome to Seaton Hall Prep. We are a place of family. Then the national faith, compassion, courage. They also gave me the green light, um, the committee. So um, we've taken down all the art on the third floor. We painted the walls white. And the whole first uh, hallway where you come in the side door, we painted everything. And we are also going to try to make it an institute of mindfulness. So when you walk in, it's going to be like, School spirit is going to be emphasized, like, welcome to the prep. And then there's going to be wallpaper of student activities going up the hallways. On the stairwell, it's literally going to say, started at the bottom. Now we are here. You know, and then there's going to be um, mindfulness ideas and quotes throughout the building. So when you're walking through the building, you might walk by my office and see love and be loved today. So we're planting seeds that hopefully will will shift a student's awareness and well-being over time um so i'm really excited about that and then the second thing i'm working on this summer is this instagram thing where um you know originally uh some of my friends and some of my business partners came to me and said hey i think it's time you start putting stuff out there a little bit more and uh in all honesty in some way organically i was waiting for somebody to knock on my door and say hey we really want you to come speak at our institution or our business and i'm like, that." That's happening, but it's not happening as often as I would like it to. Yeah. Um, So this Instagram uh, project is kind of born out of this desire to kind of want to be out there a little bit more and have the opportunity to engage with more people Mm -hmm. rather than one-on-one in a practice or maybe just in a classroom. And ultimately... Mm -hmm. Um, I think my approach with it is to kind of invite people to really be a student with me. I'm not one of those guys that's saying, hey, if you do my program or if you follow me, your life will change yeah. like I'm not I'm not that yeah. guy I, I don't have
0: the answers. that's a very good move.
1: but um, I will invite you to be a student of life with me because I find the more I pay attention to my own studies in terms of peace, freedom, joy, and love, the more I'm going to experience that. so um, my approach with the Instagram thing is like, I'm just kind of trying to put as much love and light out there as I can, and people are asking me, "What's next?" I'm like, "I don't know what's next." next right? Honestly, I'm just I'm just focusing on the first step, and I think that's one thing people um, limit themselves. They they look at something they want to do, and they're trying to know steps one through ten. I need to know before I start. And I'm yeah. Like, well, I don't yeah. know steps two through ten, to be honest with you. I only know my first step, and my belief, and my philosophy, and my faith is with all that I've studied, that the second step is going to appear (laughs) eventually. So I'm going to know what the next step right now, all I need to do is do what I've been doing, which is kind of committing to be a student of life these last 15, 20 years. And now just kind of trying to, um, Authentically share that with with other people, and really just what I'm kind of doing on a daily basis. Sometimes, uh, like uh, my wife was like, "Hey, maybe you should have re-recorded that." I'm like, "Well, no, no. Then it then it becomes too serious. Exactly. Like, I yeah. just want I want to do one recording. I don't even really look at it back, and then I just post it, and then I'm done. I'm done for the day. Right. But it's a way in which for me to kind of take a risk and be vulnerable, and kind of put myself out there, um, and share as much love and light as I possibly can. With that, with that, again, with that. Invitation. I don't have all the answers. I'm not the answer guy. I'm not going to change your life. Only you can do that. But if you want to be on this journey with me, then fantastic. Um, and a lot of interesting things have come out. Like uh, it's given me an opportunity really to stay in contact with guys like you, which I love the most. Like alumni, yeah. Like that are like yo. Like I saw a student. Yesterday, just uh, actually, yeah, AJ Serbo and uh, Jordan Serbo, they uh, like randomly awesome. stopped stop by and they're, they're saying hello. Uh, you know, Jordan's pitching to JD and Casey in the backyard, and AJ and I are BS And, and you know, halfway through the conversation, he's like, "Hey, dude, I, I like what you put up on Instagram." And I'm, you know, I'm humbly like, "Dude, hey, thanks, man." He's like, "No, no, it's kinda, I feel like I'm still at the prep, just yeah. listening to that 60 seconds yeah. a day." You know, I'm just getting a little bit of that Seton Hall prep in me. Um, and I'm like, you know, it's like just humbly grateful just to hear it. I'm like, all right, cool, man. If you're, if you're saying maybe I'll keep doing it for a little while and see, see what's going on and see, see what does come next. Yeah. So um, yeah. those are two of the projects i have been kind of focusing on this summer a little bit. And then uh, I've been doing a load of yoga, like uh, with the free time. My kids had camp for six weeks, which was unbelievable. Town camp. Our town is freaking awesome. I'm, like, in love Montclair with our town. Montclair a cool town. Well, Montclair is where my office... I live in Verona. Oh, okay. And I love Montclair, too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Verona is, like, <laughs> such a family town. And, like, at first I felt, like, a little parental guilt dropped my kids off at camp. Yeah. And I'm, like... Uh, I'm going to turn my AC out of Oh, it. No worries. Does that
0: make too much noise? Uh, It probably shouldn't. Should not yeah, I can leave it. All right.
1: Um, I was feeling a little parental guilt about dropping them off, like, but they love it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and it's good for them and it's good for mom and dad. But the counselors are super engaging. They're young guys like yourself, sometimes high school, college. Yeah. And um, like a couple times I went to pick my kids up earlier and they're like, no, 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 no. come back later. <laughs> and I'll like go and I'll like kind of spy on them, but just check them out, see what they're up to. And like they're just, they're enjoying themselves so much. So I my kids off, uh, you know, at 9 o'clock in the morning. That means I kind of have a little bit of time before I start seeing clients. Yeah. So I was hitting yoga like every day. And I'm like, or oh, five days a week, yeah. sometimes twice a day. And really for me, that's kind of like going to church, to therapy and to exercise all in one. Um, but ultimately it's about kind of learning how to live off the mat. Yeah. You know? Um, so, uh, between, uh, the, the Seaton Hall prep project, the Instagram project and, and my love of yoga, that's kind of my summer right there. And then hanging with the boys and my wife yeah. as much as possible. Like just, uh, just two days ago, we were down Island Beach State Park, just uh, just for the day. You know, went down in late lunchtime, you know, late late morning, and uh, you know, got off to the beach for like nine o'clock at night. Uh, but we're at the end of the day, we we're the only ones on the beach for like the last three hours. Dog boys, you know, um, I made him a little cockpit, like they were little jet fighter pilots on the ocean. So like that, that was like two hours of imagination. Then we made a line with, like, uh, you know, used to seaweed as the main, yeah you know, just like stupid, like, yeah, little boy yeah, stuff, yeah. you know, um, doing handstands, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, man, for me, the summer's kind of like a dream,
0: and yeah. I mean, I'm aware
1: of it, and I love it, and I'm grateful for it, and I think I take a lot of advantage of it, like, even, you know, we're leaving for Aruba on Friday, my boys and my wife are at the pool right now with my grandma, and... You know, tonight I'm hitting the city with my brother and a couple other buddies. So it's just like it, it's kind of like almost a little unreal. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm kind of like this is really good. Man, I got a great schedule. Yeah. And you know, I haven't worn sneakers or shoes all summer. You That's know, awesome. like I'm like <laughs> flip flops and bare feet. Um, we did go camping one weekend with the boys, which uh, with twelve families from Verona on Delaware, wow. and uh, you know that was awesome in itself too. That's barbecuing. Awesome. Uh, being in the woods with the fam, yeah. uh, on the river, you know rafting. It was uh, it was really good,
0: man. Camping's really cool. It's awesome. I had never been camping before this summer, mm-hmm. and then obviously in California they have all those big state parks. Mm-hmm. So one of my friends from Notre Dame is a big camper, so he took me to Joshua Tree. Awesome. Which is like middle of the desert, all those funky looking trees, a bunch of rocks, mm-hmm. and you basically we've, we camped out for two days. We they have these there's like these huge rock formations. So you climb up them. And and this kid is like a pole vaulter at Notre Dame. He's one of my early early podcast guests. Mm -hmm. And so he's a really good climber, really athletic and everything. And I'm like awkwardly half falling down these rocks, like slipping. And we get to the top of this one rock formation and we look across and there are like bighorn sheep, like a male bighorn sheep and a female just sitting there together. And we're in the middle of, you know, California. It's like 105 degrees. And I'm like, this is, this is like the coolest thing ever. We paid 15 bucks for a campsite. Mm-hmm. Instead, you know, it just, That's the beauty of camping. Yeah, it's super yeah. cheap. We made, made hot dogs over a fire. I mean, it was just like, you kind of sit back and go, I can't believe I don't do this more often, mm-hmm. you know? And then I went back to work on Monday, and I just felt so much better. Yeah, And even mm-hmm. we were as we were driving I went to, uh, I went to Vegas too for, for NBA Summer League they had mm-hmm. NBA Summer League there. Mm-hmm. and on the drive there there's all these little like uh, spots where you can get off the highway and you just you just kind of drive down like a little country road and it's terrifying because it is so dark. Mm-hmm. It's like the kind of dark where you feel like you can feel the darkness because the lights just like go 10 feet and then stop in mm-hmm. the car mm-hmm. And we get out of the we get out of the car and you're standing there and it's so hot and it's silent just silent hear anything mm-hmm. i mean it was just and the stars the stars i mean you know anytime you can get outside is just anytime you can really get to to kind of wilderness i think is really important i don't mm-hmm. think we get the opportunity to do that in new jersey enough i agree i agree and
1: there's so many places in new jersey to go well there are to, yeah to get lost oh yeah the silence and the stillness yeah know, like Appalachian trail you know so many reservations around here yeah uh, but I, I do, I think that, it, like like you said, it's important to get out in that, that yeah. stillness and that silence. It's a good mindful moment, you know, to kind of, when you come back to the, the reality of the workplace or going back to school, you're kind of like, okay, I've had this experience. Yeah. I feel like I'm okay, you know, yeah. I'm ready to do what I'm doing now because I've, I've had that, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, I that's love, awesome. I love your Instagram though. I was pumped when you put that out there. Thanks, I, man. I, I first saw it on like the Explore page and I remember thinking, you know, I'm glad he did this because I think I remember my freshman year at Notre Dame, I was trying to I tried to like tell people about Kairos and about Seton Hall prep because it was a big part of my life. I tried to to share that with everyone, but it was it's hard to to share it, you know, if someone hasn't really experienced it. Um, and I, I remember kind of telling them about you and saying, Well, there's this guy at Seton Hall and he's this I said, if you imagine like a really athletic looking dude Really cool, but he's also really into yoga and meditating. And they're like, oh, I don't really know if I've ever met someone like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like really... I really I appreciate that description. Man. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very much. I put, and then I, I showed him your TED Talk. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. And I remember thinking, you know, I've met all these cool people just in high school and in my two years in Notre Dame. And I wish that everyone I've ever met, like my family, I wish they could meet these people. And that's kind of why I started the podcast, because I have all these, these cool people in my life that I've met uh-huh. who... No one knows about, you know, just, just the people in their circle know about them. The world doesn't really know about them. And I don't, I don't know why. And I, I feel like if people could hear the stories and the experiences and the lessons that all these people that I've met have heard, it would really impact them in a positive way. And, you know, I, I started off listening like Joe, you know, if you listen to Joe Rogan, he's like the biggest podcaster mm-hmm. and he has, you know, probably, I think he's close to 1200 episodes now. And he just has these random people I had never heard of. And I'd listen to them talk for two hours and I'd go, I feel like I know that person now. I feel like I've learned a lot from them, and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, it, this is kind of why I started this to have people like you on who have these unique perspectives and and do that. I think that's what the Instagrams for is that people can actually hear you talk about what you're up to because mm-hmm. it is exactly. So, but so even in in, in
1: in relation to what you're talking about, you're taking a risk. You're putting yourself yeah, out there. Yeah. And, and the beauty of uh, of stuff like what we're doing is. You don't really have to focus too much on the result if you just focus that's on right. the process. That's you exactly know? Right. Like we're not sitting here talking thinking, gosh, I hope a million people listen Right. You know what matters really, Pat, is if, if one person listens to this
0: yeah. and if
1: one person is a little bit moved by this, then that's kind of
0: a success. Yeah. And not for
1: anything, it's good to see you just personally. You know, I mean, that's, and so. that's,
0: and that's, my, that's always my argument for why I do it. Is like, I had a podcast a couple weeks ago with Ian Saheed one of my best friends from Seton Hall, and just in the in the the thick of life, I hadn't talked to him in a few months, so I call him up, and we're chatting like old pals, and I just record it and put it out there, and that's a podcast. There you go. And I remember, like you said, if just one person noticed it, one of my one of my friends from Notre Dame, one of my my roommate actually from Notre Dame texts me this like three page, those really long texts, and he's describing what he liked about the episode with Ian, talking about RTC, and he's like, you know, I know kids who are in RTC, but I hadn't. Known what it's like to be personally involved, and now I do. Mm -hmm. And it was like, man, I'm so glad I did that because now, you know, and it's just, it's cool to see those worlds come together. Like Ian, my friend, when I was 15, you know, my friend from Notre Dame, my roommate is hearing Ian talk you know, goofy and go on about ROTC yeah, and he's like, I yeah, like yeah. that kid. And it's like, wow, that's really cool that, Yeah. <laughs> you know. Dude,
1: that's awesome. I give you a lot of credit for, for putting yourself out there in that way. And, and I'm humbled by, uh, you, you wanted to, to have me on, you know, Oh and no, it's, absolutely. Uh, it's fantastic. But it's interesting because I have a lot of people in my world too. Like one of my yoga teachers, this, this woman, Kelly, who was my first yoga teacher. I'm like, I wish everyone in the world could experience you because you've had such a dramatic impact on, on me. And, and yet she's got her own little corner of the world at this one studio in Cedar Grove, New Jersey, where people flock to her. But that's – if if you want to meet Kelly and you want to get to know Kelly yeah. or, or take your class, that's kind of where you have to go. And I'm kind of like, gosh, I wish everyone every morning could just be in this person's energy and aura just yeah. to take a little piece of that with them. But I think we, we all have little corners like that where – it's kind of on us right like you and i to explore those corners and to glean from those corners and those people and then to like practically apply and say hey you know what i really like what what he's doing here or i really like what kelly's doing here and you no know, bs i'm actually going to try to apply that i'm not just going to think about oh it, yeah or i'm not just going to like uh, uh appreciate it i'm going to say you know what i'm going to take a little bit of that i'm going to do it with my life and my relationships and let me see what happens. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, the beauty of, I think what, what you're doing and and putting yourself out there and And what you're doing and sharing stories, right? That's right. That's what it's all about sharing stories. And you know, um, the, the Kairos thing and and the scene prep thing, like that's like, those two words are so special to me. Like that, that's a big part of my life right there. Yeah. Um, and Kairos, I mean, uh, I oh, man, it's like I'm almost, I'm almost kind of speechless over, over what, what that, that that whole thing has, has, has yeah. given me and has brought me has brought Seaton Hall prep. And uh, I've been on 36, I think, Kairos is wow. now. And if you think about, you know, you guys go on one or two and you think about the impact and the power that it's had on you, yeah. multiply that by 36. And, like, I'm, I feel so grateful to have had the opportunity to be a part of this vehicle of and that has really, I think, tapped into the spirituality yeah. uh, of the school, but also to the brotherhood and this idea that it's cool to be kind, thoughtful and caring. Yeah. And I, I've never been at a place where the culture is so loving. I haven't. And been. I'm talking about a place that's filled with adolescent boys. Yes. Where it's like, people are like, well, what do you mean? Adolescent boys are supposed to be like... Idiots and a-holes. And right, right. Like, yeah, they can be. Yeah. And they should be. <laughs> but these guys have so much love in them. And I've seen it. And I've seen it shared. and I've seen the impact of it. And it's almost created like this ideal environment. Like where it's like by the time you're a junior or senior at all Prep, you really understand that it's nice to be nice. And it's cool to be loving. And it's okay to share, the, share your heart on your sleeve. And it's okay to be emotional. And all these things make up the whole man, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. the whole, the whole man, you know, and, uh, to be able to witness it. But also one of my yoga teachers a couple of weeks back said, uh, her community has raised her up, like has really given her life and like in the same way, like Seawall, prep, but more than anything, Kairos has raised me up, right? Because I'm, I'm in it just as much as you guys. I need Kairos maybe more than you guys need Kairos, but it's really given me the opportunity to continue to reflect, continue to pray with you guys, continue to um, pay attention to, to my own spiritual needs kind of through Kairos, you know? So you know i always say there's a couple different retreats going on all at once on carlos you know you got the candidates who are there for the first time you got the leaders that are coming back to yeah. present the, the, the retreat and maybe see it from a different perspective we got first-time faculty members coming on but then we have like some old-time faculty members like myself Mrs. is Mister yeah. McMahon, father jim like that have kind of been through it and right. there's like this really familial nucleus but I'm going to tell you that there's always a conversation going on between the four or three of us that really points to um, this idea that, that the spirit is always working. And, yeah. you know, it's it's really important for us teachers to really come back and to tap in and say, hey, wait a second. what What's this all about? You know, why are we here? What what are we doing? And when we go back, how do we want to be? You know, when we re-enter uh, into our families or into our school, and uh, what do we want to take from this this God timing uh, back to back to the, the the regular timing of things? You know, and, yeah. Um, what a beautiful thing! Like uh, I don't know. To me, like Kairos is like an angel, right? It's like just a, an angel, like an earthly angel that has brought so many people, so many stories, so many dynamics together. And it's really churned out so much love. And you know, when you come on Kairos, like, it's like that force and that power. It just, when you leave Kairos, it just starts to spread like wildfire. Like, guys are just, they're on fire with this idea. Yeah, and, like, yeah. they leave. And sometimes, like, wait a second, don't go, don't, don't go crazy. Try to simmer down a little bit, but keep the fire going. Like, pay attention to it. Cultivate it. Drive across country. Right. Go on an internship in California. Yeah. Pull in at a truck stop. Like these are, these are, those are Kairos moments too. They are. Right? They like really he, are. Like that moment where the guy recognizes that they, you have this bond or connection and your love of
0: Billardine. Right. You know, like that's a Kairos moment. And know? the cool part about that moment is if you were to look at us, look at me and look at him, you'd think, oh, these guys have nothing in common. And that's how Kairos is a lot of time. I remember, I, I remember one particular talk and in particular where I felt like I had nothing in common with the guy giving the talk at Kairos. And by the end, I felt like I had everything in common. I felt like we had grown up in the same house. And it was like such a strange moment where I'm like, this guy looks nothing like me, talks nothing like me. He doesn't do any of the same things I do. And yet I I feel like I am him in many ways. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, the vulnerability has been the biggest impact. I think being a leader really taught me that by sharing my own story with people, sometimes people I don't know or I don't feel like I know that well, that is a really powerful thing because when you're a leader, you know, sharing your own personal stories often kind of opens up other people to, to share their own. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. at college, that's, that's helped me, I think, build stronger relationships where, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable being vulnerable with people and, and kind of being honest and open with them. And I think that makes, that makes people feel comfortable with you when you can, you can do that because it is a, sh- a sign of strength in many ways. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah, I don't know if you have, but you have
1: to check out Brene Brown's TED Talk on vulnerability. You yeah, just I'll just look at it. It's your sweet spots. one of the best TED Talks I've ever seen. But that is the building block of Kairos, right? Being vulnerable and sharing yourself and taking a risk. But like what, I need you to come back to Seenal Prep just to share that idea because I say to the guys now, I'm trying to spell it out a little bit more, like, hey, this isn't a four-day experience. We're just right. trying to plant seeds for the future. But like when, when you leave seen all prep in Kairos it's it's a blessing, but there's a little bit of a burden, right? Like yeah, I expect yeah. you in the dorm it's at Notre Dame to be able to walk down and look somebody in the eye and say, Hey, how's it going? Right. Like, where are you from? Yeah. What's your where what what's going on with you? Because in those those instances, when you start to be vulnerable and share of yourself, that's where the connection is made, right? And then that's where you feel more fully alive and you recognize, man, we're more alike than than not right, right and right. we're kind of like all part of this this human family but like what you just said is like one of my greatest hope for all our kairos graduates it's like i want you to guys go out and continue to relate to yourselves others and god in this way right and when you do it's just going to make your life that much more fulfilling and what's better than a college environment to kind of test the waters of being vulnerable you know yeah, yeah. and i'm sure like you might have been in a dorm room and like you started sharing and talking at yeah. And maybe some people in the circle started to get a little uncomfortable. Like, right, wait a right. second. He's saying that. Yeah. He just said that. He yeah. just shared that. And then all of a sudden someone's saying, Me too. Right. Me three. Me four. All of a sudden everyone's like, dude, we just shared something that we haven't really shared with a lot of people. But then there's this this community thing where you're like, wait a second, we're connected. Yeah. We're we're strong, but we're also vulnerable at times. And there's great strength in being able to say, Yeah, I'm weak. Yep. but I'm also strong. That's right. Um, one of the things that I try to hammer home now with the guys at school is like on Kairos is like, yo, I'm a dad, and I'm and maybe I'm like your dad, and I want you to know that maybe you're looking at me a little bit differently, but dude, I'm like your dad. I'm weak. I I can be an a hole to my kids. I could raise my voice. I could come up short. I could leave early. Like. I'm imperfect. I'm, I'm trying the best I can, but I'm, I'm making mistakes too. Yeah. And I say that because I want you to shift a little bit and begin to look at your moms and dads as human beings, as people too with lives yeah. that aren't always going to say the right thing or do the right thing, but they're trying. They're trying. It's it's a huge responsibility being a parent. And, um it's a beautiful blessing, but it's also, you're, you're being the human being while also trying to raise other human beings. So yeah, it's kind of yeah. like, whoa. It's not easy. It can be, <laughs> can be overwhelming sometimes, you know. And then sometimes I look at my youngest and I'm like, it doesn't matter what I say or do. You're just going to do whatever you want anyway. Right, <laughs> so like, right. I'm like, yeah. you're all nature, you know. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. excuse the nurture part, but, yeah. you know, so. Uh,
0: but uh, yeah, a lot of good
1: topics, man, between Kairos and Seton
0: Hall and. I like the stuff you're doing around Seton Hall now, though, because that was something I always felt like, I always felt like there should be a, uh, like an intro hour for freshmen and sophomores to Kairos, because I would have, when I was a peer leader, I had freshmen ask me, well, what's Kairos? What do you guys do there? And you obviously can't, you know, you can't share everything. You can say, well, you know, guys go and they, and they talk to one another. and It's kind of a bonding experience. It's so like, mm-hmm. okay, that's great. But they don't really know what that's about. So when you have love and be loved written on, on the top of your, you know, your office way. And then they go on Kairos and they hear Love and Be love They go, oh, wait a second. I've been primed for this my entire time at Seton Hall. This isn't something new. This is something that's been all around me mm-hmm. the entire time. And now I'm getting introduced to it, you know, in a more a deeper way, in a more uh, personal way. But mm-hmm. I like that that primer, that introduction. Yeah, I think you're actually right, man. I, I
1: think there there is a little bit uh, of a void there for freshmen and sophomores. Developmentally, it's tough to bring them on Kairos because they're that's just not true. quite ready. Yeah. But there are ways in which... Way, uh, which we can be a little bit better at making them feel like they're, they're part of something bigger and greater than just themselves. Besides just, you know, coming on a, on a Saturday with pirate nation, like yeah, you're part yeah. of it. Um, but start taking some of these, these pillars seriously. Um, because like, as you see in junior and senior year, like it's cool to be kind, you know, and sometimes you come in freshman year and everyone's looking around it's like, who's the best basketball player. Yeah, it's like, and by junior year, yeah, it's like, yeah. um, if you're the best basketball player, that's cool. But that doesn't, that doesn't, mean that you're like the best ever it's just like that's your thing like um i'm really good at calculus or i'm really good at playing an instrument or i'm really good on stage like we all bring certain gifts right like and if we're all good at basketball it'll be kind of boring you know but freshman year i think we get up involved with that ego stuff and in high school we're like oh okay who's the best and my junior year it's like you see the quarterback of the football team walk an arm around with the guy who's you know the lead in the play and yeah. both of them are recognizing their talent that was
0: something that was cool I think it was my junior year one of the plays I forget which one it was one of the plays was just like exceptionally good I mean they're all awesome but this one was like heads and shoulders better than than the ones that we had seen previously and uh, I think it was Dan Dyer was the lead or something like that and, uh, and kids were, like, cheering at funny parts, and, and it almost got a little bit too out of hand because everyone thought they were at a football game or something, but everyone's, like, cheering on this play. Mm-hmm. And I always remember saying back, like, only at Seton Hall Prep. This is just typical. They're rooting on this kid because he's the lead in the play. It's It's, awesome. um, it's not I, something you would get in most high schools. It's
1: idealistic, you know. I just love that at, by junior to senior year, guys are so encouraging and so engaging of everyone, you yeah. know. It's just, like, a beautiful thing, whether you throw – a 60-yard touchdown pass, playing an instrument, kick a ball, uh, draw pictures. It's, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we're yeah, we're yeah. all recognized because each and every one of us is talented. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough environment to leave, you know? It's so, it such a beautiful place. Yeah. Like, and having been there, this is my 20th year, and uh, the place has saved a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, and the place has done a lot of good for a lot of people. And then as a result of people being saved or nurtured, I think, people have done a lot of good as a result of being a part of that. And yeah. You know, it's just um, family and students alike, man. It just, it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful environment. Um, you know, it's divine. It is. It's like it's it's just a divine place.
0: Yeah. Really, uh, really is, man. It's good stuff. Yeah. So I don't know how much time you have left, but. What time is it? Yeah, about five, five, ten minutes. All right. Well, I wanted to ask you about being a marriage counselor. Cool. And what that's like, kind of talking to so many different people that it's kind of always been something that interests me about you, that you sit down with couples who, you know, may be going through some difficult times and you kind of help them almost fall in love with each other again in many scenarios, I imagine, or, mm-hmm. just, or just find each other, you know, in, a, in a, a different way than they are in the present and how you go about doing that. And, and, you know, what the main thing I was wondering is, is what patterns seem to keep coming up in, you know, how people kind of have difficulties in their relationships and, you know, what tends to help them, what easy little things that you can do each day, help them, you know, grow closer to one another. Well, great question. A lot, there's a lot in there. There's definitely there's a lot, lot in there. Yeah. <laughs> and um,
1: I, one, Pat, I feel um, incredibly honored and humbled that people come into this office and they share their innermost fears, vulnerabilities, hopes, and dreams of me. Yeah. That to me, <laughs> and I try to set the table like, listen, I'm not here to judge you in any way, shape, or form. I'm like that's not my shtick. I'm, I'm like trying the best. I can, you know, just the same way that people that come in here and I give people a lot of credit. I remember the first time I went to therapy and I called like 10 different therapists and literally in like, I went to somebody whose voice I liked, like, and I was like, and it ended up being a wonderful, like five year experience, but I know it takes a lot of courage just to walk through that door. So I'm really sensitive to that. And I think especially with couples, it's interesting. Usually couples come in. By the time they get in here, there's there's a lot of tension. Yeah. There's a lot of friction. Um, this is kind of like the last stop that they're going to yeah. make before they either decide to go their separate ways or commit to each other. And it's interesting, always in this first session, uh, towards the maybe three quarters of the way through my first session with them, like after they tell me why they're here and why they're fighting and why I should be on his side or why I should be on her <laughs> side, I'm like I don't take sides. Like <laughs> I'm like I'm like right in the middle. Right. Uh, I'm for the relationship. Uh, I'm for what's best for you guys. Uh, but then I say to them, I'm like, so, um, what brought you guys together? Like what you what you originally what what attracted you to one another? What do you love most about? What you love first most about your partner? And, uh, all of a sudden, like an incredible, like softness comes into the room
0: yeah. and,
1: and the husband looks at his wife or the partner looks at her partner and, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a second. I, 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 I begin to remember what it is I love about you. Yeah. And, um, then they're hugging, then they're crying. You know, then sometimes I leave and I'm like, I give you a minute to embrace and I'll come back and really embrace like really hold each other. Yeah, um, And I come back and there's just still this softness. And it's like, and a lot of times what I hear is like, we've been really caught up in things that maybe we shouldn't have been caught up in. And sometimes the the male or the female might say, i been keeping a list of things that my husband doesn't do. And the more I focus on what he doesn't do, the, the longer that list gets. But maybe I need to shift a little bit about what I'm looking for for, you know, Uh, maybe I should start focusing on what my husband does do, or what my wife does do, or what my partner does do, and I find that a couple different things, themes over the years that have really surfaced, Um, one, I I think sometimes people have a misconception of what marriage is, you know, um, and what it means to be of service. I think the first couple of years, sometimes the couples are like, kind of figuring out Who's in charge? Who wears the pants, or who's got the power in the relationship? And again, it's kind of like freshman year of high school. It's very ego centered, right? Yeah, yeah. And you learn over time, like there's no power in this relationship. It's really about service. Um, those are the healthiest relationships that that I've witnessed are those that are more of I'm here to serve you. Um, hmm. You know, even my my wife is a therapist and. Uh, I know she and I, like, try to keep it light, but some of the rules that, and rules, right? We have, like, little rules that we try to follow, like, yeah. uh, we um, we try to have fun. <laughs> like, it's, like, <laughs> such a simple rule, right? Right. But It's an important thing, right? Yeah. Uh, we try to share a little bit with each other every day, like, highlights, like, uh, what was your day like? What was, what was the best thing about your day? What was the hardest thing about your day? And then one of the third things we do... and. And we try not to um, judge each other, or we try not to tell each other what to do, unless there's like um, a, a major grievance, you know. Right, like, right, right. So like, hey, um, you didn't put the top on the toilet, uh, you know, the toothpaste. Um, eh, that's not really something that I don't want to mention. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so what? Yeah. I, can, I can put the top back. If that's yeah. really what I want to do, I could do it. Yeah. So. Um, I think sometimes couples get caught up in those little things that don't really matter. All of a sudden they become big things and the resentment's big. And all of a sudden things are, that thing that brought you together originally is lost. Um, So an understanding of what marriage really is. And then two, I think communication. Communication is so, so important. Oh, well, that's a huge buzzword. What does it mean? Well, it means that like maybe you need to share a little bit more. Maybe you need to talk to each other a little bit more about your story, about like your day, your highlights, your hard points. Um and then this idea of just enjoying each other. Like my wife and I go out on a date probably once a week. We have a babysitter come in or my mother in law. And we go out to dinner. And we do. We talk a little bit about the kids for about twenty minutes and then we try to we try to put the kids where all right it's our time. Right. Um but, like, little things like that are really important. Like, even me going out tonight with my brother, like, it's important that my wife and I also have a little bit. Now, we're out of the, out of the ring of the little kids. Like, my kids are, are no longer teething or, like, oh, yeah. they're not depending totally on me for survival. So, we're out of, out of the window a little bit there. The first two years are, are challenging. and yeah. You're kind of on baby island. But uh, we're at a point right now where we're a little bit more balanced. So, yeah. Um, I think that probably the, the biggest thing that, that I've learned in, in being a marriage counselor in terms of being in a health, healthy relationship is, is really just being open, being kind, uh, you know, being aware of what you want and then kind of trying to align some of your actions and, and, and your goals with, with your real, your desire. Um, and then just recognizing too, like, you know, I know sometimes like, uh, I might, have this expectation where I want my wife to fulfill or I want her to do this or I want her to respond in that way. And sometimes that's, that might be unfair. It might be unfair of me or her to put that on, on one another, you know? And um, You think about how we sometimes treat our friends and, and how we love people and how we let them go free. And then sometimes the people close to us, we have this expectation like, well, you, we're supposed to be a little bit different. Right. And it is a little bit different, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, the beauty of of being in a marriage and and the burden of being in a marriage is there's a lot being shared. There's a lot of responsibility, you know, um, you know, I don't have to take care of the laundry with my friends. I don't have to discuss the billing with my friends. I, you know, I don't have to discuss meals with my friends, like in terms of, Hey, where are we going to feed the kids or blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to be communicated and, uh, there's a lot of responsibility I think it's just a matter of being mindful that uh, we're all trying the best we can. And and the more we can communicate that and the more open and loving and transparent we can be with where we're at, the more likely that 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 relationship to be a success. And then also sometimes it's important just to be able to let things go. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I got to let that go. You know, if I want to be free, I better let it go. (laughs) And rather than harping up, hey, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Well, so what? Let's let's move on. Let's let's look at what's going on this afternoon or this evening, and let's move forward. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, the marriage counseling it can be intense sometimes, but uh, it's interesting, and in in the end, it's really uh, it's been an honor for people to kind of invite me in to to what's really going on, to give me some of those those insights to to glean some of that was not only for my own relationship, but to, to share with, with other people. I think that's why I'm moving more towards the, the teaching because I I feel like I've learned a lot from working with individuals, but then couples, and they've shared a lot with me, and I feel like almost a responsibility to share some of what I've learned in here with um, a, a larger audience, with with maybe more than just one or two people sitting across from me. Um, so that's kind of where the Instagram thing comes in and maybe some of the desire to to speak a little bit and even down the road, I think uh, ideally it'd be, if be neat to kind of work a little bit less and maybe travel a little bit more. Yeah. Um, the beauty of my work schedule is like a lot of what I do all falls under the same umbrella of relationships, right. yoga, psychology, Cairo, spirituality. So although I might be working, I don't always feel like I'm working. Yeah. Um, which is, I feel incredibly blessed to be able That's to say that. It's, it's like, um, it's good. Yeah. It's really, it's like just, it's wonderful um, to be able to say something like that because I know a lot of people um, aren't saying that. Right. Um, so I'm really grateful to, to be able to say that. I love what I do. And, and in all honesty, it doesn't really feel like work yeah. um, because I feel really passionate about it, but also it gives me an opportunity to create more peace, freedom, joy, and love in my own life. And then to, to share that with my wife and to my kids, It's just uh, feels like a gift. Yeah. feels like a gift. That's awesome. Cool. Well,
0: thanks so much for being a guest. This is really cool. Dude, you got honestly, man,
1: it's, uh, it's an honor, and uh, it's it's cool to hear from you and what you're up to and, and your travels and, and your experience at Notre Dame. And uh, like I said, like, this, this whole and Hall Prep family thing, I think it just keeps feeding each other. Yeah. You know, like, uh, I was at the lacrosse game in the spring, and I was sitting with Brian Teblin, and yeah. – uh, Brian just won a national championship at Yale. And um, I don't think there's anyone that's even all Prep that doesn't love the Tevin family. And it was right. just so awesome to see Brian come back and to see, like, uh, Dave Schneider's son was, like, standing by us, and he was just waiting for Brian to give him a look. Yeah, and I, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, i I'm, sure. <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, give this guy a look. And, like, he did even better give him a hug, but to see how many people were trying to come up to Brian and get a touch and right. to really just feel the, the vibe, but also the love.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was just
1: such a community thing, you know? And it wasn't, that day was not about a lacrosse game. Right. That day was about seeing all prep community, you know? Yeah. And when you turn around and you look at the families and the parents and the moms and the dads and the students and the alumni and the teachers, like, you're like, dude. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, a- uh, like I'm <laughs> at a lacrosse game and it feels like a reunion of sorts, yeah. you know? And it's just so much so much love being shared and like we said earlier i i don't know i don't i, I can't judge um what's happening at other schools i don't know i'm not right. aware but i know that what we have is special because to see droves and droves and droves of young men coming up to each other and hugging each other yeah. and it not being like the, the half-a-armed man oh, yeah, like, right. oh, let me just let me dive in like do you <laughs> Like this is like guys are diving in with yeah. both arms, like teddy bears, in in such a manly fashion, and saying, "Dude, I miss you," and it's okay to say, "Dude, much love," or "We're proud of you," or "We're psyched for your success." Your success is our success, you know. Um, and that day especially uh, with Brian and just sensing sensing his success and female people tap into him, it was just that seemed all proud to me. Yeah. You know? Just. Uh,
0: it's good yeah, stuff. It is really good stuff. It's really good
1: stuff. And then this is this is the same thing, man. Just having the opportunity to hear from you, hearing Ian's name, hearing Kairos yeah. talk about and how you're applying some of the mm-hmm. principles that that you experienced on Kairos today, and even like look look at some of what's been born out of it. But this is you taking your wisdom and what you've learned and taking a risk, and it's stiff. I, it's awesome for a guy like me to witness. And, it, and I really need that. Like that, that'll it. drive me to, for me to take more rest, right. To encourage my boys to take more rest. Or when I'm back and, you know, teaching senior theology, Hey fellas, I bumped into one, one of you guys this summer and, and he happens to be a junior in Notre Dame. Let me tell you what he's up to because they'll begin to see a little bit of themselves in you. Right. And maybe they won't follow in your footsteps, but your courage will give them courage. Yeah just like it's giving me courage. So it's like,
0: yeah, that's pretty humbling when you say that. It's awesome. That's pretty, yeah. it's the,
1: the whole thing is, is, is awesome. But yeah. you should be proud of it, man. You're doing it. You're the one that called me or set it up. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, And, uh, it's great. You know, I, I encourage you to keep doing it, man. See for where sure. it goes. And, yeah. and who cares what the next step is. Exactly. The, um, yeah. the next step for you will appear. Yeah, that's right. When, yeah. when it does. For sure. Cool. Alright. Awesome, man. It's been a pleasure. Right. Real pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Let's we'll see you over for a hug. One of those manly hugs, oh, man. Gosh. Good to see you, man. Thanks. Thank you for the opportunity, yeah. Yeah. and uh, this is fun.